Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I am Connor from the House of L. And I am Ray from the House of Zod. And we are here still in Australia and it's currently burning to the ground. Hang on. Uh, One second, Connor. We we flew really fast, so we broke the, the space time barrier and we're now in a new year. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> well, the new year isn't looking great so far for you I know, yeah. past, so. Uh, yes, um, but people have asked, uh, and Ray and I are fine, we're not in the mm. fires or anything, so... Yes. Uh, lucky us. Um, yes, but there are many people that are suffering, and uh, the real heroes out there, um, battling as we speak, you know, constant, um, just dangers, yeah. so, yeah, we uh, really like to acknowledge them, you know, in all seriousness. Um, sorry, sorry, Connor? No, no. Here you go. Yeah, no, uh, just um, just the, the tireless efforts from our firefighters here in Australia, our adopted home planet, home country from yeah. Conrell and myself. Uh, but, yeah, look, so just a huge shout-out to all the uh, the people working really hard uh, on the bushfires at the moment and, uh, and our deepest um, sympathies for those that have lost a lot, um, you know, lives lost, property damage, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it really sucks. Mm. <laughs> there's not much, there's not really much else to say. You can see it all online and stuff. So you won't dwell on it, but it's, uh, Mad Max over here. So we got like five yeah, tornadoes and stuff. It's crazy. Um, I thought there was like, I thought this weather was for the apocalypse. Um, mm. and I don't think we're quite there yet, but we're getting the weather. So yeah, you know, um, but anyway, uh, onto, onto cheerier things. Mm. I'm like, this this will be a good episode. I've been looking forward to this episode because uh, we don't cover anything awful. So, mm. well, I don't think we do. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. You went big on what, what is it? Action comics. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get we'll get on to that. Um, but it, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, yeah. As opposed to last episode, which was supposed to be about Christmas cheer, but was just full of negativity. <laughs> um, which I, you know, is an episode I genuinely did not enjoy recording until we got to the Christmas part. Like, it was just a mama. Uh, yeah. Um, so. We were Scrooges, Ebenezer's. Yeah, I might, in the future, um, I might consider not covering some things, or if I, if we do, I might just be very brief about mm. it if I really don't like it. Yes. Um, if I really like it, you know, I'll go, but, you know, I'm doing this for fun. So, you know, I've, I've, on the Iron Fist podcast and Sing World Doom, that's <clears> plenty of stuff. That, that's two other podcasts I get angry on and stuff, you know. <laughs> like this one to be positive. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Signal of Doom, uh, check yeah. out the last episode <clears throat> to hear me and Dave talk about Superman Emperor Joker, which is a fantastic story. Both got high scores from us. And we talk about mm. it quite a bit. So, um, and plus it's a good story, uh, you know. Mm. So yeah, you can always check out that episode. Uh, but there's a lot of talk before that, but it's good. Um, cool. I was just giving it a plug, especially because it has a, a relatively well-known Superman story as the main sort of attraction. Oh. Um, Emperor Joker. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's well known to Superman fans. Okay, right. Yeah. I'm the first time I've heard of it. I've never heard of uh, it before. It, it generally breaks a few like top twenty lists. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. 
Ah, a big hello to Dave. Dave, if you're listening, hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, he can't answer because he's not on here. So no, no, true. No, that's... it's an Aussie thing, isn't it? We ask it rhetorically. How are you going? How are yeah, you going? that's How true. <laughs> People never really actually want the real answer, um, which is why yeah. I always go. Do you want the truth, or do you want me to just say, "Oh yeah, good, thanks." <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's fun to be back. Yeah, this is the first episode of the new year of the new year. Yep, and. uh Mm, so we're all fresh, we're all, I mean, you've been busy on podcasts and such, Connor, are you recharged for uh, Last Suns? Yeah, yeah. Your no, solar well, batteries? Last Suns is all good. I mean, we haven't yeah. we haven't technically had a break, because our last episode was still two weeks ago, so... Mm. Um, it feels but, like uh, last year. That's, yeah, well... It, <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, but first, Superman news. Uh, mm. There's nothing really of note, except there is a statue... That sideshow collectibles is doing. They yeah. do statues. This is a quarter scale, so if you want to get this, you can have to Ooh. pay five hundred ninety-five US dollars. US dollars. So that is nineteen point five inches tall for those in the uh, you know empirical system. Yeah. Um, quite big. Quite big. What else have we got here? Connor has a fabric outfit, uh, and it reveals the Superman's suit underneath. Yeah. Um, and it's so, going to be released sometime. Sorry, I'll just I just want to say what the the, the statue was. Um, oh yeah, sure, sure. It is uh, Superman in the process of changing into Clark Kent. He's ripping open his shirt to reveal the S symbol from his reporter outfit, and I believe he can remove and add the reporter glasses and hat. And as Ray said, it's a fabric outfit. I'm guessing the fabric outfit is just the coats. I don't think it's a Superman mm-hmm. costume. Um, but yeah, it features Clark Kent as he changes into Superman, and, uh, the statue includes swap out Clark Kent and Superman portraits. Yeah, really so. cool, I think that. Uh, they look seamless, um, like those, those portraits mm. are changing, so. Yeah. Uh, very, I mean, the attention to detail, we're talking, I mean, you, you're, pl- you're paying a pretty penny here, so you're gonna get what you pay for. Uh, attention to detail, facial expressions, um, the, 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 uh, the paintwork, it's all very finely, finely crafted. Yeah, but I think um, it's it's a it's one of the better Superman statues I've seen. So oh, yeah. I can imagine. Oh, wait, you've people, seen more. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine people paying a pretty penny for it, uh, especially since mm. it's so big, uh, like yeah. quarter scale. <laughs> for sure, that's that's crazy. So yeah, the Superman Call to Action Premium format to be released somewhere between August and October of this year, twenty twenty. So yeah. it's not in my budget. Um, yeah, it's not in mine as well. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we just download the high-res images, Connor. Yeah, and just there like, you go. get a little cutout <laughs> of them and put it up. So uh, there's that. There's also, there was actually uh, McFarlane mm, oh, yeah. line of toys or whatever. They released three. They released a bunch of action figures, uh, mostly Batman-related, but we got a few Superman ones. Mm. We got... Uh, we got a normal Superman, which I, th- I think is Memory Born, which I think looks the best. Mm. And we got a Superman Unchained Battle Armor Superman, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's cool. It's, that, it's very, like, early 2000s, late 90s yeah. design. And what was the other one? Oh, Superman uh, the Animated Series. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. The Superman who skips leg day and looks like a Dorito, but... 
Um, uh-huh. People love the Superman animated series design, and yeah, it's pretty good. So those are worth checking out too. I'll put them in the show notes. They're probably much more affordable than the quarter scale yeah. behemoth. Yeah, I think they range between uh, US dollars twenty five to maybe thirty five dollars. Yeah. So um, a lot more achievable. Yeah, about five hundred dollars less expensive. <clears throat> yeah. But, but Connor L, um, with these figures, look, Todd McFarlane toys, they look actually quite, quite nice. I saw the, um, what was it? They, he, they had the, a picture of the Batman in the armor, the, the machine one. Um, yep. looks quite, quite well done. Like, uh, 22 points of articulation as well, I hear. Okay. Um, so it, it's, you know, we're talking, you know, mid to, mid to decent range, uh, yeah, quality. Yeah, they, they do look good quality. They're not. Yeah, um, it, I mean, but still, the, action figures are expensive nowadays, though. Oh, they are. Yeah. yeah, but but the question is begged, though, Connor. Though again, taking nothing away with with the the Superman variants that we've got on offer for this first wave, but the amount of Superman and Batman figures posted, oh, surely there are, are more characters in the DC universe for them well, to tap into. There's isn't I mean Batman figures that extends to Batman family because there's like Harley Quinn and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a Green Martin Arrow thrown in there somewhere. yeah and yeah, we have uh, a Green Lantern John Stewart from Justice League but you're right uh, most of the Superman gets three figures Batman gets I can't remember <laughs> I mean, I, yeah I just, he gets, I kinda, he gets a fair few I kind of yeah. flicked through all the other stuff um, yeah like I made a note guess, of the other heroes I saw but yeah <clears throat> yeah look I mean I guess it's like Spider-Man and Wolverine, they seem to get constant um, versions done in action figure format, so maybe that's a sense of... But, uh, you know, I would have loved to have seen a Hawkman, um, maybe, uh, you know, maybe a Ragman. I mean, um, they're, they're the there. I'm pretty sure you can even get Kingdom Come Hawkman, I think. Ooh. Um, so, like, they, they exist. Um, yeah. As to know. whether McFarlane toys were released, I hope that, hopefully they do. I mean, DC have a wealth of great... Great characters. I mean, every, any DC fan would know that. Um, yeah. But I guess what I'm pointing out, and look, I've just answered myself, it, it's similar to Spider-Man or Wolverine. They're always going to be favourites, and of course Batman and Superman are the, the top tier. I think uh, I think it's a bit Marvel... Well, they have Marvel have more popular characters right now than DC do in terms of stuff that's going to mm-hmm. translate into action figures and stuff because of the MCU. Yeah, so that is you know, what yeah, you'll have like sure. Groot and Rocket Raccoon statues and stuff. They're probably the MCU versions, but I'm sorry, I'd say that. Hey Connor, I just used the the cough button that you spoke about. Oh, with Dave. The thing. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not let's not you know oh. dispel the fantasy. The cough the, button. Yeah. Yeah. I used. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Should have said. Good. Should have said. I used my super reflex to. <laughs> well, I went in super speed to like neutralize the sound of the cough as it came out, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I think you did that just then as well. <clears throat> just um, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, these these figures look good. Look very good. Yeah. Um, now let's get on to our two mini comics before we get on to the main event. So, yeah, why don't we start with Action Comics 1018? Okay, okay. So, uh, <coughs> initial thoughts. Yes. I still like the artwork. I don't okay. think it's as strong as it was last issue. Mm-hmm. But the issue overall was definitely weaker than 1017, and it was oddly structured. 
as well. And there was some really annoying <coughs> business speak. There was a lot of there was business speak here. Um, the artwork, I'd have to, uh, I guess, disagree on that, Connor, as well. I, I, I don't know. John Romero Jr.'s art. He's just, he, I don't know why he can't draw Superman, but he can, he can draw the others. We I mean, did it on last the, week. Well, last time. It wasn't him last time. Yeah, it was John Romita Jr. last time for 1017. Was it? Yep. <clears throat> the Secret. No, that was the Superman title. The this is action. Oh, okay. All right, it's been a while then. Okay, it's been a while for the action. Yeah, I didn't mind the John Romero last time. Actually, you're right. Um, that was okay. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's it's a little slumped again. Yeah. Um, maybe because I I was used to the Superman titles. You know, the artwork there. Yeah. Yeah, been been fawning over that those last few ti- um issues. So when I come across this again, bang in your face, front cover, Superman again, looking like some sort of stringy ape. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, uh, Wonder Woman looks fine in there, and that Green Lantern doing it at the back, he looks fine. Um, but Superman, that, and can I just point out also, there's one bit, did you think that, Connor, when Superman is getting out of his civilian gear after speaking to, is it Moore, that, that fire department officer? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, the way it's drawn, it's at the bottom of the page, and he's flying as Superman, and the, 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 the clothes are trailing behind him. Yeah. They're just lazily drawn as a... I don't know um, what they are. I think it's because it's supposed to be in motion, but I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, Still this issue bit- is not one that I devoted much thought to. <laughs> I kind of just read it and went, all right. Mm. So what did you think of <clears throat> the... Look, for one, there was a lot more dialogue in it that actually made it a bit more interesting with him talking to... Again, what's the name? More and Melody um, Moore. yeah, yeah, more and the origin of the Red Cloud. But you know, I want to see more Superman in it rather than him just being kind of yeah, know, t- touching yeah, we, these lives. You know, it, it's it should be him front and center. Well, the Red Cloud origin was oddly placed, and I also I didn't like the Red Cloud origin because the scientists all spoke really fantasy. Mm. Oh, they did, didn't they? They yes. were like, they were Bender's talk up to 10,000. Um, yeah. and I also didn't think it was that interesting. It's like, oh, lab accident. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's like, it was well, like, here we go. There's a, the, the red mist is in the background. I wonder what's going to happen. You know, they've knocked her out. They're going to throw her in, you know, something like that. We've had a few Superman villains who've had lab accidents as origins. Can we? Yeah. Red Cloud, the whole Cloud thing, you could make it anything. Yeah. Like, you could really go crazy with her origin. And, like, it could be, like, she could be the avatar of, like, a god or something. Mm. You know? Yeah. But yes. then they just did this. Like, oh, she fell into the red smoke and <laughs> became Red Cloud. Yeah. Like, and Star Labs and, you know, some sort of chemical reaction. And, I mean, and Star Labs is a friggin' supervillain uh, super factory at this point. I'm, I don't think this is Star yeah. Labs, though, but, I mean, goddamn. Um, yeah. They, they're responsible for a few. Yeah, exactly. And and finally, as well, look, actually, I also want to give a shout-out to... I, I jumped onto one of the shows, uh, which will be out soon. It's for Capes and Lunatics, our fellow collective members... Uh, we had a bit of a chat about the, the latest releases of comics, and we did talk about Action one, uh, 1018. 
And Phil did make a good point here. This thing at the end as well, Connor, what did you think of Leviathan revealed again as one of Superman's two greatest foes? We've got Lex and Leviathan. I'm thinking, what happened to Rogel Czar? What happened to Doomsday? How come this Leviathan dude is all of a sudden a big bad for Superman? Well, uh, because at the end of Leviathan, he pretty much swears revenge on Superman and the planet, and then it went to be continued in action comics. So, mm, I mean, okay. it, fit, it fit fine for me. Um, I, yeah. I've heard this didn't is like... Didn't they refer to... Yeah. Didn't they refer Sorry. to him as... One of Superman's greatest um, foes or something? I mean, I guess he is now. I mean, they always do that to hype up new villains. Yeah. So, yeah. no, it, it didn't bug me at all. Um, like, Leviathan okay. is established at this point as being a Superman villain, so... But, I mean, we just had this whole introduction to Rogel Zar as well, as... Well, the Leviathan you know. introduction was more recent. So, but that's again like my point. I mean, it's a, oh well. It's I a, mean, but Bendis has dropped. Bendis yeah. dropped Rogel's R. Like he did that a while ago, which yeah, I, I did talk about. We did talk about on yeah. here about how forced it was. But mm. um, well, he's trying trying something else now. He's throwing a lot at the wall here. I mean, I, pre- I guess I don't mind because I much prefer Leviathan to Rogel's R. I think Leviathan has potential to be a pretty good villain. Um, because it's a. It's definitely a mind villain as opposed to a physical match for Superman, so... Okay. Um, and I mean, we've got, we got Lex, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not amping up Rogel's R at all. I'm just saying, though, that he was he was kind of touted as to be one of Superman's big big things, and he came and went, and then now we've got this guy coming, yeah. and I'm sure he's going to go soon. Um, we've got Lex, though. Lex Apex, he's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I mean, Apex Lex is obviously above... Apex Lex, sorry. ...for, you know, yeah. villainy, but... <laughs> is, is, that, is he a Bendis creation, Apex Lex? No, that's that's that Scott Snyder, Snyder, I'm pretty sure. That's all happened in Justice League. Okay. Um, and I read... Okay. I don't know if you read the first Hell Arisen, which is the Apex no. Lex versus Batman Who Laughs event. I read that. Oh, have you read it? Is it good? That's okay. It was a lot of setup, really. We didn't really okay. fight each other, but... um. Okay, the, the next issue should be good. Okay. Yeah, I, I might be into that, actually. I, I'm, I like this whole... I Actually, uh, I was telling you offline, off air, this whole um, I'm liking this uh, Batman Who Laughs kind of thing now, only because we'll get to it, the Batman and Superman issue five. I mean... But yeah. Yeah, I think I was talking about... I was talking with Dave, like, the Batman Superman book is the only good book that the Batman Who Laughs has been in. <laughs> <laughs> so mm, I guess okay. it makes sense yeah. that you're liking him if, because that's yeah. the only book you read of his. I mean, go nuts, read the other stuff, but man, it's painful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. So. Um, but the way they, they kind of leave it hanging, I mean, we'll get to it, issue five, Batman Superman, is really, really cool. And uh, yeah. he's, he's, what, a Sinister Six or whatever they're called? Well, why, why don't um, we do a rating for this issue now and just move on to that? Because okay. I don't really have anything um, to say about this issue, except that it's weirdly structured with flashbacks and just meh. Mm. Um, look, the only other thing, I did enjoy the, the battle at the beginning there with um, Apex Lex and Superman. He's obviously um, <clears throat> he's obviously got a bit of power behind him. Um, I did enjoy, though, also Wonder Woman um, coming in and um, getting Apex Lex in a headlock, whatever you call it, a chokehold. That yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, five and a half, maybe, for me, for this one. Yeah, I'd probably go five and a half as well. Um, mm. I mean, I like... I'd, I kind of just read this and I enjoyed the parts that weren't Red Cloud, but okay. I just 
you know, nothing really grabbed my attention. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. This compared to when I was reading Batman Superman, which I was full-on immersed in, Yeah. this I was constantly distracted. Kind of, you know, how many pages left? <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, are we there yet? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So well, not, let's, not a good let's move on to Batman Superman 5 then. This is the conclusion mm-hmm. to the Batman Who Laughs story arc in, well, the Secret Six story arc in... Secret uh, Six, sorry. Yep, so... The Secret Six Strike. Um, so the art—I mean, the artwork is great as usual. Um, mm-hmm. I love Marquez's Slight- art. Yeah, slightly different. Did you notice in this issue? Um, um, heavier, heavier ink outlining, um, and more, more stylized kind of different overall. Um, let me have a look. I've got it here. It just says artist David Marquez, colorist and letterer. It doesn't have the inker. Right. So I'm assuming he may have he may have inked it himself. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. It just seemed uh, a little more simplified than his usual stuff. Right. I, did you not pick that up? No. No, I thought I just I didn't notice. Okay. Um. Yeah. But I I I thought the artwork was great. I really like how there's just it's just different. Hmm. You know. It's not it's a fun, Connor. It's fun. It's it's a different looking Superman to what the current house style is. He's not nowhere okay. near oh, as right. bulky. Yeah. Um, same with Batman. Like it's, and you're right. It is fun, but it, it's different. Just it's nice. It feels like its own arts. Like yeah. I, because you know, in Rebirth, even New Fifty Two and stuff, I go between titles. And yeah, the artists change, but there's no. Visual identity, because it's all generally the same kind of house style. This is... It just... Yeah, Superman looks different. His trunks are different. He's slimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't read main Batman title, but he looks good as well. Like he looks good. Especially Superman's very bright and colourful, and Batman's got the full-on grey. Yeah. And black. Like, I think it just feels kind of... Kind of throwback. Okay. To me... Um, but I I really enjoy the art, and I like all the crazy stuff going on as well. Like that, everything's drawn pretty well. Yeah. Oh no, it is. Uh, by all means, not from what I said. I didn't mean that it's any worse than, you know, it's it's worse than what he had done before. It's um, it just it's just very different. Yeah. Just yeah. Sh- oh, sorry. I wanted to shout out. Uh, what I found really successful are the the character designs for this Secret Six. Um, I think whoever's designed them has gone to, you know, an effort to actually make them look at least semi-memorable, which yeah. um, which I'm really grateful for because it adds to to the fun of of reading this because you've got Batman and Superman really fighting a a fleshed out team, you know, yeah. and um, there's been there's enough dialogue there for um, Jim. Uh, and there's this thing in this issue with uh, Shazam and Supergirl who team up against Superman. So it's just really fun to see. Um, and also there's a little bit even with, um, what is it, the Blue Beetle or the Scarab? Yeah. Uh, which I, I didn't know about, but it's funky, man. Like, he, uh, super, what's his name? Batman. I have the costumes, the alien. Yeah, but Batman yeah. rips the, the Scarab from him. Yeah. And, and it starts attaching to Batman. It's like, yeah, that's cool. So, no, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and, uh, we got a pretty cool showing from Superman this issue as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like probably the heart of the issue for me because it's just crazy. I was like, so he, 
what is he? Because like the the whole th- he's launching the Watchtower from his universe. I think. Mm. Uh, I might be wrong. It's been a while since I read this because this came out a couple of weeks ago. But um, yeah, yeah. So the, the whole thing is they have to stop that from reaching something because it'll blow up and bring the dark multiverse in. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, big dark multiverse invasion. That's very bad. So Superman goes in and he sees the dead Justice League. Then he sees uh, dead him with dead Lois, John. And there's it's like a really good panel as his eyes are That's... lighting up and stuff. Um, yeah. Well, even that whole splash page of him kneeling in front of his dead corpse. Um, yeah. You know that that took you know Marquez takes the whole page, literally nearly the whole page for that. Yeah. It's um, a small panel at the end with a close up of Superman's face. Really, really evocative stuff. Um, but yeah, that that um, panel with his eyes lighting up, you know, he's pissed off. Yeah. Um, and it's just like you, you know what's coming because Shazam, big hitter, Supergirl, big hitter. Like, is this, this is going to go off really well. And Shazam's even laughing, you know, just a couple of panels before. So um, things are going to get pretty... And then the next page is just, um, yeah, <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah. yeah, Superman kicks the crap out of him, um, mm. which is pretty great. And, like, he... And as he's grabbed them both and he's taken them down to the earth to slam them, she... Like, Shazam starts using his lightning and Supergirl uses her heat vision. He just gets them to use it against each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was that was a really nice highlight to see Superman just yeah. take out these two, um, especially well, since mean, they gave yeah. them so much trouble before as well. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean, typically Shazam, I guess, of course. Yeah. Uh, but you see the ferocity that he does it does it, and again, Marquez, you've got to give him credit for, I guess, the way he's done it with the the layouts and um, leading your eye with Superman's, you know, taking them up, slamming them down. Smashing yeah. through a wall, but then I love this bit where Shazam wants to start to to say, you know, Shazam, but Superman catches him. He doesn't give them any respite, and uh, yeah, and as you say, culminates in them shooting each other because he just, I guess, he just does everything so quickly before they can actually react. Yeah, um, yeah, really cool. And at the same time, Batman's got his own problems with uh, Commissioner Gordon and uh, yeah. and the, the Scarab or whatever you call him. And I guess, yeah, Batman's moments when he rips off the, the scarab from... Uh, yeah, that's cool. Jane. Yeah. One of the little things, very little things, little nitpicky things here, Connor, mm. and we're not going to get into any any particular, you know, hate here, yeah, yeah, but sure. it just seems, again, how super prepared Batman is. Oh, yeah. Oh, Batman. And I thought you were about to say Batman who laughs. Um Nah, uh, no, Batman with his gauntlet that can actually, he's, he's come up with this thing who wanted to get the scarab or something off him. And it's like, his hand is glowing now. Like he's got this, this, it's what is like happening? Omni tool can, from Mass Effect that looks like. He can do anything. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I completely get that. Uh, I didn't think it was that crazy, but now, now that I look at it, I mean, he just rips the scarab off of Jane, but he must, it does seem a bit, I mean, I guess I don't really know how you rip off the scarab. If he used, like, special technology or if he just ripped it off with brute yeah. force. Because um, brute force, a, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. But it, it is kind of funny. Yeah. But on the on the plus side, Superman just did this huge thing. Batman has to do something to, yeah. you know, make it so he... Yeah. Well, he does. He, he takes out the... Um he takes out the tower. So, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it comes down to two things. There's a satellite and there's a tower. So they pick one. <laughs> Superman goes for the satellite... 
Batman takes out takes out the tower with the because it's been controlled by the Scarab yeah, or so Blue Beetle or whatever you call it. Yeah, Superman yeah. throws a satellite into the sun, which is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I believe that's the Watchtower or whatever that he threw into the sun. Let me just because as I said, it's been a, uh, a couple of weeks I thought that was a satellite this. that he he was the satellite um, came off the. I don't know. I think it's the old Watchtower because the Dead Justice League is in there, and he. Oh, okay. But, I mean, the Watchtower is kind of a satellite. So, oh, okay. Like it floats they, in space. Yeah, they make mention of. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they were referring to. Which means, I guess, um, the bodies of all those alternate versions oh. are all in the sun as well. Um, very cheap cremation. That's very yeah, good. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so I liked, you know, I had the typical uh, Batman who laughs is a million steps ahead of everyone because he escapes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh. I, I, I loved how they opened, they kept this open. So, uh, I loved how all the, all the Secret Six escaped as well. So, that's, well, that, that's all, up. that's all happening in, um, Hell Arisen. Okay. So, Hell Arisen kind of picks up from this. Batman and Superman aren't in that, but the Secret Six mm-hmm. face off against Lex, I think, in that. Cool. Um, so, yeah, like this, I think this, this book is now done with Batman Who Laughs. Yeah, which I'm glad about. Uh, and plus, I think the arc concluded satisfactory in a satisfactory way because they defeated the Dark Multiverse invasion. They ended the threat. They did, yep. Oh yeah, um, it, it was a very satisfying end actually. I mean, but also um, keeping things open for the series or the, the story thread to continue. Yeah, because we have the the whole thing. The way it's going to continue is because they didn't tell anyone about mm. the infections. So yes, that's right. Yep. The Justice League's going to be cranky at them, especially Wonder Woman. So the next issue is probably going to be everyone yelling at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they didn't tell I, anyone. Um, yeah, I love that last page as well. Actually, um, you know, the little flash of Wonder Woman. <coughs> yeah. Also, I really like the panel. The the second last page as well was Superman and Crypto. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. I I really like the bike and the Superman oh, flying yeah. beside it. I think that's yeah. really cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm really excited to keep reading this now that this stuff is done mm-hmm. with. So, uh, because... Me mean, mean Batman Superman? Or... I'm really excited to keep reading Batman Superman now that the man yeah. who laughs stuff yeah, yeah. is done with, and that's in its own book now. Because the next arc... I think you mentioned this, you were talking about this before, like, is there a Superman arc in a Batman Superman book? Well, the next arc yeah. does look to be like a Superman one because it deals with, I think, zombie Kandorians from the bottled okay. city of Kandor. So that will be interesting. See, I didn't, I, I thought this, this series was just a mini. It was purely for the Batman who laughs. I uh, know it's ongoing. So it's, okay, so th- yeah, okay. I mean, it's, yeah. Because it says, uh, of course, it says next issue, but I just look straight to follow Batman Who Laughs and the Infected yeah. for help. <laughs> yeah. So th- this sure. first arc served as, uh, impressively, I think, Williamson pulled off being able to have a sense of resolution in the book while also being a tie-in book to a bigger event. Mm. Because usually it feels like, oh, if you want to actually read the conclusion, you have to read another book, but this kind of wrapped up neatly for yeah. me plus so i believe issue six will be the fallout from this mm-hmm. and then i believe after that will be the candor storyline i would imagine 
Okay. And I believe it's still the same team, David Marquez and Joshua Williamson. So I'm very excited oh, for good. that. And I'm also yeah. excited because it seems like we won't have to deal with a bunch of stuff that's happening in other books. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it'll yeah, just yeah. be a nice, There's self-contained... No... Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, very excited. This is easily the best Superman title I'm reading uh, that's coming out right now. Not that the competition's super hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I'm going to... So, sorry, yeah, do you have well, any final yeah. thoughts? Um, no, no, no. Sorry, no. That, that's it. Just, um, I actually, I'm very happy to hear that the creative team are carried on to the next arc. So, yeah. Um, generally, you know, sometimes you see that. The, then the, the, um, top tier artist just disappears because his job's done because he's done the, you know, the intro and stuff. So it's good to see that Marquez is still going to come back. Yeah. And it'll be good to see them be able to tell their own story as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Less of an editorial story, more of a, hey, I want to write this. Mm, mm. Yeah. So what would you give it? I'm giving it an eight. Uh, not objectively, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it yeah a, a good solid seven and a half. I, I really did enjoy this. It actually makes me want to want to reread from issue one again, um, just yeah. to see how it kind of tie how it reads as a a continuous thread. Yeah. Um, because there have you know the only stifling thing is that the time between the issues because you have to kind of you know, yeah what happens and, and uh, I don't, I'm too lazy to go back and reread mm. the last issue before yeah. reading this but to read all of them one after the other um, I think I'll come away appreciating this even more yeah. so yeah 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 seven and a half yeah. cool so now oh and just I want to talk about something a little bit so I've seen things. Obviously, there's a lot of people angry about Bendis writing Superman, the identity thing, John being grown up, all that stuff. And then I saw a, I saw a video, and it had uh, had nearly a hundred thousand views. And it just said Bendis is destroying Superman. And nope. I just I want to take a moment to tell everyone to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a good run. It sucks. Yeah, mm. there's been some continuity changes, but I mean, if you're a Superman fan, you've got to be aware mm. that con- stuff is being retconned and changed all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't, like, I know a lot of people are upset that John got aged up. Yeah. But you did get about, I think, two years of publication with him as a kid and father-son stories, and you might get it again. Who knows? Mm. You know, I just yeah. don't, I don't... I think it's just people are really reacting so extreme... And it's like, yeah, it's a bad run, but it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of Superman. Yeah. Superman's been yeah. around 80 years. He's had bad runs before. He's had yeah. terrible retcons before, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you remember when he was, like, a uh, blue lightning man for a bit? Um, imagine how pre-crisis Superman fans felt when John Burns' Man of Steel hit and erased all of the previous continuity. Like, I'm just... Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I, I think yeah. Yeah, I think this goes beyond the realm of just Superman comics and, and readings. Like, I guess comic fans in general have just got to chill. I mean, they freak out, man. <laughs> they freak out. Like, yeah, but I mean, this is what, and I'm going to say it because it's all inclusive. This is what we do, though. We 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 grow an attachment to certain things, and then things writers, which they have every right to shake things up because why yeah. not? You know, that's what you're being paid for. You can't just you know, um, and of course there are going to be people that would. Detract um, what writers are trying to do, creators are trying to do, but at the end of the day, 
things always come out in the wash. It, it's just, it's just, it may, it may take a while, you know, it may be just very quick before yeah. you know it, and and it's back back to reset. But um, yeah, uh, I guess it's good that the fans are showing their passion, but at the same time, I don't want to validate this um, you know, this barrage of whinging that that some yeah. fans do because it's you should know by now how things work. If you are a seasoned comic book reader, um, just let things. You don't like the run, sure. You don't even have to buy the series. You just wait till it finishes. Just, and then pick it up when it, you know, a new writer comes on. Yeah. And I'm not, uh, like, I know people who don't like this stuff, and I know people who aren't reading books right now because of it, and that's fine. I'm just, yeah. I'm really talking about the people who think that, like, the character is now destroyed and stuff, and that they've just ruined but that's 80 what they years always, of history. <laughs> that's what they, you know? But that's exactly, that's the, the, the mantra that every fan says who really hates what's happening. I mean, surely deep down they know that it's not... It's not destroying the character. I mean, like, characters have been put through the ringer. And and as you say, Superman has been put through the ringer for over 80 years, you know? And so I think him yeah. more than most. Is, of, I yeah. think he's probably had the most, like, retcons and origins and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because people, for some reason, he just seems to have the most. Even if something works, I'll just change it again. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, which brings me on to part of the discussion, I guess, is now that Kent's are back, Mar and Park mm-hmm. Kent. Now, I don't like that, obviously, because A, I, well, A, I prefer that Kent's dead, but honestly, if they're alive, it, like, it doesn't matter hugely to me. But it matters mm-hmm. to me in the context of this is because they've been dead a while now, and Superman's older. So how old are these people? <laughs> and <laughs> John's killed Park Kent. In his old run, but now he's brought him back, and it just makes Superman continuity even more confusing now. So I think that's confusing. (laughs) I think it's a bit of a bummer, but it also reinforces my point earlier about how things are always changing. (laughs) Um, Mm, So it's really annoying. I get it. It sucks, and I just I groaned and I facepalmed when I saw John's essentially (laughs) made Secret Origin canon again with his bullcrap. Um, but on the plus side, Johns has made... Because uh, the whole thing with Doomsday Clock, minor spoilers, um, mm-hmm. is in the DC multiverse. Superman's kind of the linchpin of that. So whenever there's a change in Superman continuity, another universe is created. So, for instance... Uh, okay, let's say... Uh, the Kents were dead, now they're brought to life. Mm-hmm. So... The universe where the Kents were dead still exists, and now the same universe, but the Kents being alive, is a new universe. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, he's made everything canon, even pre-Crisis right. is back. So I like that, um, because even, there's even a new 52 universe now, even mm-hmm. though technically this Superman is New 52 Superman, but, you know, like, everything's canon, and I like that approach, but at the same time, Jesus John, Secret Origin sucked, stop trying to make it canon, but he's done that, so, screw you, but, uh, yeah, again, I'm upset, I don't like it, but it's not the end of the character, it doesn't mean I'm just gonna stop reading the character because Secret Origin is canon again, and because the cancer Mm. are alive again, you know, it's just, yeah, it might change again in the future. Um, I think it's a bad symptom of people who are just way too attached to post-crisis status quo. 
Right. And I hope it doesn't stagnate, kind of like we see with uh, the Christopher Reeve movies, how it stagnates a lot of fandom in those. You know, you can't mm. draw or anything, but I guess we'll see where it goes with that. But either way, you know, the character will have good stories. He'll have good rights. It, it's such a... Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, it's such a fine line for Superman because he's been around for so long and they've done it to him so many times because I guess... Um, just trying to find new angles of, of how to portray him. Um, it just calls for writers to actually try and try and do different things. Well, that's the um, that's the frustrating thing that we talk about mm. in Signal is like you don't need to change things about Superman's continuity to make it good. As we mm. say, just take him into space, put him on a new adventure, just yeah, write good stories. Him. Exactly, change the environment. Uh, yeah, exactly. You don't have to change the character. You can change the situation or something that he's in. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Writers think differently. They. I think a lot of it's editorial. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, as well. There, there would be a hand in that for sure. But there's John's stuff that he just pulled. I'm pretty sure that's John's. But stuff like Superman revealing his identity and stuff. Mm, yeah. All of this, it's obviously editorial. Um, but yeah, like you look at look at old story. Like you look at the Silver Age in the sixties. Every week was a new crazy adventure. Some mm. of them really good. Hey, let's send Superman to space. Maybe he meets some weird cloud that yeah. does something to him. <clears throat> hey, we can make a whole arc out of that. You know, it's just yeah. it's so easy, especially with this character. But you can in, put him anywhere. Um, yeah, with the Silver Age though, how, how intertwined, uh, interconnected was continuity between uh, that and. Between- I mean, I'm, I'm assuming things were a lot, a lot simpler. Yeah, not as much as it is now. Yeah. Uh, but another example, right? Uh, what about, why don't we take something like John Burns' run? Where he, mm-hmm. you know, he did arcs, he put Superman on new adventures. He didn't, you know, I don't know. Like, he, he did a whole reboot and changed the character, obviously, but after that he was yep. just, he wasn't giving Superman kids or anything, or mm-hmm. he wasn't making him reveal his identity, he was just running around being Superman. Then you have stuff after that, like Exile, which wasn't John mm-hmm. Byrne. Hey, let's send Superman into space for a yeah. few months. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, but now it's just like, oh, Superman's not selling, we got to do this, that. It's like, no. You know what you yeah. do? You just write good stories. You find a writer who loves a character, get them to write some good stories. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, um, I'd endorse that, yeah. that sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> Same for any character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just yeah. write good stories to them, especially characters with a lot of potential for more good stories. You know, yeah. um, you yeah. know, especially when you have a character that's both street level and cosmic, you can do whatever you want, really. Yeah, there's a lot of scope, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, enough of my rant slash public service announcement. <laughs> uh, essentially, yeah, guys, not the end of the world. This is a good book, right? And in this story, it doesn't matter if the Kents are alive or not, for instance. Mm. You know? Like, it wouldn't make a difference. It's still a good story. Yeah. So, you know, John Age up. Just, just relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just, just bank it, put it away, come back when, you know. Yeah. When you like what to, when you like something that you, oh, sorry. When you like something that you see and, and want exactly. to read, just read that. Don't yeah. you don't feel don't feel forced to read something you don't want to read. So. Just, just stop reading it. And when a new yeah. writer comes on, if it looks interesting, I mean, exactly. the character's not going anywhere. Yeah, 
but this is this i guess this is with fandom though you know you're compelled to stick with a character um and you can go kicking yeah. and screaming you know if the character is being treated badly you can kick and scream as loud as you want because damn it this is my character yeah you know i know what's best for this character um and i'm gonna have to buy these comics to read it because i'm i'm such a big fan but yeah just, there's a level of detachment you can get um i don't know and that's that's a way to protest as well. If you don't like it, don't buy the comic. That way oh, you're yeah. giving them your money. Well, yeah, um, true, true, absolutely, yeah. You know, so... You're no less a fan for, for missing, you know, five or six issues of something. Yeah, exactly. Talks. I mean, what, uh, Dave loves Batman. Mm-hmm. He just stopped reading Tom King's Batman because he doesn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and it, it serves a purpose exactly to say... You're not giving your money to something that you. Don't. Why would you? Why would you pay for a meal that you just totally hate? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or that you know is going to be terrible. Yeah. Like you just wouldn't. You wouldn't get it. No. Um. Anyway. Nice yeah. little ramble. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Moving on. Why don't we? <laughs> um. Okay. So we're going to the Silver Age today. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh. We'll give all the details and stuff after we do the synopsis, but um, I'll just point out that I'm going to be rating and discussing this and comparing it to other Silver Age stories. Yep. Um, not just for Superman, but just from the 60s in general. So, okay, uh, as we, we should, usually do yeah. with these yeah. episodes. I think it's just been a while since we've done one, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, listeners, I do recommend you pick this one up. So, it is Superman 141. And it is featuring Superman's Return to Krypton. You can get this in the Superman in the 60s trade paperback, which is hard to get. And you can get this in the much uh, more readily available <clears throat> Superman, A Celebration of 75 Years, which I recommend to any Superman fan and anyone who wants to learn about Superman because it mm-hmm. cherry picks some good stories from each era and it gives you a brief synopsis of what that sort of era was about so you have mm. you know champion of the oppressed the golden age strange visitor silver age higher further bronze age uh man of steel post crisis modern age and then man of tomorrow which is like the new 52 i guess but like it and they all have like it's a very informative book mm-hmm. it's not like perfect but it, i think it's a good real uh a real good opener if you yeah. want to learn about how Superman's been throughout history, some of his best stories, because there's some yeah. really good stories in here. So yeah, and I believe um, the other big characters, um, Wonder Woman, and I'm sure Batman has the same format. Of, yes, um, they do. Super- yeah, yeah. Um, so I have the Green Lantern one as well, and it's oh, okay. not as well put together as this book because that has a lot more stories that are just taken from arcs. Okay. Uh, this has a lot more standalone stories that you could just. Oh, read. okay. That would be a lot, a lot yeah. more easy to. Digest, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's one for... I think most characters... Like, all the big characters that have been around 75 years has been a book like this for, so... Mm. Yeah, but uh, I highly recommend this book. Plus, it has it has some great Superman stories. It has, like, For the Man Who Has Everything, Must There Be mm-hmm. a Superman, like, some real classics in here, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, moving on. Are you ready to break the time barrier, go back in time to our fair The Party um, Crypt's on? I'm ready to flail my arms and legs to to, to break through this barrier. <laughs> <laughs> up, 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 and away. away. 
Superman's return to Krypton. While out on patrol, Superman is stopped by Professor, Professor Galsworthy at the Metropolis Observatory, who has made an astonishing discovery. Showing Superman his telescope, they find a strange planet out in space. Superman goes to investigate and discovers that it's actually a living creature. Upon his approach, the living creature flees. Superman chases after it, but goes too fast and ends up flying through the time barrier and into the past. Finding himself in a sector of space before Krypton exploded, he begins to lose his powers due to the proximity of the system's red sun. Trapped on Krypton, Superman frets over the fact that he is now stuck on Krypton. He will be as doomed as everyone else when the planet explodes. To his surprise, he thinks he stumbled on a spaceship, however he soon learns that it's just the set of a science fiction film that a Kryptonian film company is working on. Pretending to be a member of the cast, Superman meets a pretty blonde actress while on the set. Later, the director asks Superman to continue wearing his space uniform, his Superman costume, all the time as publicity for the film. Exploring Krypton, Superman hears reports of his parents, Jor-El and Lara, and how they intend to get married that very day. Wanting to see the momentous occasion, Superman is a guest at his parents' wedding. Deciding that he wants to get, a, get to know his parents, he orchestrates a meeting with them and quickly befriends Jor-El and Lara. They hit things off and soon Superman is hired as an assistant working with his father. He insists on working on his ro rocket project. Later, Jor-El introduces Superman to Lila Lerrell, the blonde woman he was working with on the set of the movie The Space Explorers. The two end up spending a lot of time together over the coming days and eventually begin to fall in love. Superman struggles with keeping his true identity from his parents, wanting so badly to tell them who he is. He and Lila end up expressing their feelings for one another and share a romantic evening. Continuing his work with Jor-El, Superman is told about Krypton's intended doom, and how he intends to build a fleet of spaceships so that his fellow Kryptonians can leave the planet. He shows Superman that he's been observing the planet Earth, and ironically he's been monitoring the lives of Jonathan and Martha Kent to learn about Earth's culture, revealing to Superman that Jonathan's attempts to courting Martha are co-opted by a crooked banker. Left alone, Superman uses a Kryptonian weapon to expose the man as a criminal. Except at the same time, lightning strikes a statue, which leads Superman to believe that it may have just been fate. The timid Jonathan Kent then knocks out the man in front of Martha and the two fall in love. Uh, believing that perhaps he can prevent his family from perishing when Krypton is destroyed, he learns that fellow Kryptonian Ken Dahl has a new fuel that may assist in Jor-El's plan to save everyone. Seeking out Kendall with Lila Laurel, they just barely avoid capture when Brainiac arrives on Krypton and steals the city of Kandor, where Kendall lives, ru uh, ruining any hope that Superman could use him to save everyone on Krypton. Later, Lara learns that she is pregnant, and with Jor-El's approval, they agree to name their son Kal-El, after their friend Superman. Later, Jor-El and Superman go to an active volcano to learn more about Krypton's impending doom and just barely manage to escape with their lives. Being called back to the set of the movie, Superman films the final scenes with, uh, of the film with Lila, and they all have a wrap-up celebration. During the festivities, a fire-breathing beast gets loose. Both it and Superman are in the mock-up spaceship when the creature fires breath causing the ship to fly off into space. Superman's sudden exit devastates Lila. Being taken into the proximity of a yellow sun, Superman's powers are restored and he uses them to travel back through the time barrier back to the present. 
deciding that protecting the Earth in the present is more important than his romance. Back in the present, Superman narrowly dodges some green kryptonite meteors before returning to Earth, where he reflects on his adventure in the past, but he's glad to be home. Yep. So, Mm. that was that. Uh, I will read out the credits for this issue. So this was written by none other than Jerry Siegel. The cover artist was Kurt Swan. The penciler was Wayne Boring. The inker was Stan Kay. And the editor was Mort Weisinger. A lot of big names there. Um, So Wayne Boring is a huge, often overlooked Superman artist. He actually sort of predates Kurt Swan by a little bit. And I believe Kurt was a bit influenced by Wayne as well. But um, right. He definitely has a distinct style. Uh, and an imagination, surely. Yes. Um, yeah, so, well, um, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about here, for me anyway. Um, I guess the artwork is amazing. It blows me away. Yeah, the artwork for me is a very, very solid Silver Age. Um, yeah, very good. Um, um what I took more away from it rather than the the technique of the artist um, is what he he visualized in yep. the yeah <coughs> in, the, in the planetary stuff um, like first off the bat that planet that which, the, the total kind of mislead at the beginning uh, the MacGuffin really uh, is this pink huge planet uh, yeah. if you have a close look at it it's actually a, a really daft looking creature like yeah. a, a dragon and it kind of fumbles its way but it's actually deceivingly fast anyway so that kind of starts off the whole thing and then on krypton on the different planets um the rockets they're really fantastic yeah um and this is what i mean about just like have superman go into space and run into things you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah um yeah. like this is yeah that i love that little planet i wish we never really got a follow-up on whatever that thing is no yeah um but i would have liked to because that that could be a whole story in itself really yeah an animal the size of a planet and (laughs) and it could move as fast as superman that's pretty you know worth covering and i love one of the things i love about is, is just they don't care there's no like inhibitions like oh this is too silly Oh, no, yeah, definitely you know, not. Like, yeah. like is, is, you know, best exemplified with the giant space ball that's this animal. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think, because I guess you've, you've got a place at where it really is in time, and you did say the 60s, and, and I was thinking... It was specifically 1960, so... Mm, yeah, I was thinking, like, is it really the 60s? Because it seems a lot older, but it's smack bang 1960, so... Yeah, kind of makes a bit more sense. But then, the way they thought in that time, in the fifties, uh, sorry, in the sixties, um, would they be taking a, a bit of this tongue in cheek, or would they really be, you know, thinking this is wow, this is fantastic, this is what's out there, and this is what will boggle the readers? You know what I mean? Um, I wonder if it's a bit of both, or you know, um, some stories definitely like that. I think a lot of stories were actually. I don't think any of this story was tongue in cheek. Um, really? Not that I spotted, no. Uh, I mean, because, for instance, like, this rocket, which is a prop, and which the director says is not, you know, it's a pretty cheap prop, but it's a fully functioning rock, rock, <laughs> rocket, you know? 
Um, and it's used at the end, I think, hilariously. Oh, yeah, when the, as the, the escape pod fire breathing. Yeah. Yeah. And this fire breathing animal as well. Uh, um, I don't, I don't think that's intended to be hilarious. Really? No. I don't. In the 60s, 1960. Yeah, but this is, this is 1960, so, I mean, honestly, it's, it feels more, like, I always get mixed up. This story feels more like a 50s story than a 60s story. It does. It it Um, does. Yeah. I think it's probably because it landed on 1960. Yeah, Um, you're right. So so maybe since it is 1960, it's literally, it's it's kind of literally 50s still. You know, people are still. Yeah. I mean, like, this, you could make this story a modern comic. You just get rid of some of the sillier elements and tweak the dialogue a bit. And it's a pretty, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, Superman goes back in time to Kritzon by accident, but he can't save it. Um, oh, and he peels in love. High-level concept. Like yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah you can. Um, but a few of these details. Yeah, okay. Um, interesting. I don't know. Because obviously reading it now, modern day, uh, a lot of it does seem quite, um, I wouldn't say absurd, but uh, um, amusing. Oh, well, that, that's, I, I love that though. I love, it feels like it's from that era, which mm. I like, you know, I don't yeah. really want, I love the stuff like, um, you, you know, I smile when stuff like, oh, that must be Crypto's parents. Yeah. And yeah stuff yeah. like that. You know, I love yeah. stuff like that. Um, mm. and, you know, like, I think this, this is a really character driven story. Yeah. Um, which is kind of, weird when you think about it like it's such a it's such a character driven story that it's like yeah there's action bits and pieces but there's not really that much action in the book like there's so much time is no there isn't spent on like his romance and him just hanging out with his dad yeah you know and this this is before comics went kind of um like serious drama, mm. um, but this is this is like I guess an early example of like a serious drama story, um, you know, with like pink aliens and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I find it very interesting from that aspect as well. How it's so character and like I think Wayne Boring's facial expressions on Superman, mm. I really like how he draws Superman's face. It's very sort of angular, long. It's um, uh, yeah, yeah. He has a distinct look, doesn't he? He's got like a he does. Not a receding hairline, but his 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 line is right back. He's got a bigger forehead. Yeah. Um, what I yeah. really love here as well, uh, and obviously trying to show the resemblance is that there's one page here, page seven. Jor-El is a splitting image of Superman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like like you know, not only in the fact that oh they resemble each other, yeah, they're drawn exactly like each they other. They could be twins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. Um. um what I thought they probably had a missed opportunity here, Connell, mm. was um, to have a bit of a, a bit of a Back to the Future thing. I was waiting for Lara to actually make <laughs> eyes at Superman and go, oh, oh, this guy's God. pretty good. <laughs> I mean, remember, this is still comics code authority. But that yeah, being yeah. said, that that would be something that is actually probably not out of the realm of possibility for a Superman comic from this time. Right. Um, but I think they wanted, yeah, I think they wanted it more sentimental than... Yeah, um, and I like the sentimental. I don't have a problem with the sentimental because it's tragic. Does that make me a bad person? Um, <laughs> no, not not at all. No, not at all. Um, uh, sentimental. Uh, I I see it. I I saw. Uh, look, this is me being a bit more tongue in cheek. I just saw 
a very horny Superman. That's all I saw. <laughs> wow. The, mo- the moment he sees, what's her name? Uh, Lyra. Uh, Lyra. He just can't get his eyes off her. And he's just talking about how he kind of wants to, you know, is she staring at me? Um, I can't stop thinking about her. Uh, you know, what it would be like to kiss her and stuff. It's it just, it's hilarious. He I does, find. he does fall in love at first sight, as they say. Yeah. Um, pretty much. And you know, like that, I don't really have any problems with this story. I love all of it, but yeah. I do think that, like, if I was to pick out a weak point, that would be it. Okay, um, is that he just instantly falls in love with it? But I mean, that being said, they yeah, have um, twenty-eight pages here. Exactly. Um, I, I'm not going to hold it to him like that. He is. I, I just found it kind of, it's almost endearing that he's kind of just. He's, you know, he's got to keep it in the pants. Oops, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying to get, you're trying to get, keep it in the pants because what I found totally scary, and we've covered it before, breaking this barrier for time, because you've got no control over it. He just flies really fast, and he can do it. Yeah. And can you imagine, like, you're all of a sudden in a different time? Like, yeah. How do I get? A, how do I get back? How do I get out? You the know? best one's <laughs> when he went back to ancient Greece and got turned into a lion by Cirque. From the Odyssey, that was pretty awesome. But yeah, <laughs> so I, I love I love that how they can use writers can use that for time travel for Superman. I think that's really great. But if I was him, I'd be thinking more about how to get back rather than you know, <laughs> you know, following my other little fella. Yeah, um, you know, lusting after someone. So I mean, I guess this this Superman, this Silver and Bronze Superman, the dude is so lonely. Yeah, like that. Uh, whenever I think about this Superman, I think about how he's lonely and he misses Krypton because mm. he left when he was an infant. So I'm, I just think like it didn't, it didn't seem weird to me because I felt like, you know, Superman, I f- like he, d- he gets intoxicated with being back in Krypton. Yeah, he's yeah. like, man, you know, I get to be with family. I have family now. Yeah. Um, that's true. That's true. You know, he he's always a chance. Wanted- yeah, yeah, exactly. And he wants, he ends up wanting to save it and stuff, and like he falls in love with this chick. And I think there was a really good line here actually, where he says that she loves him because he's him, whereas Lois just yeah was yeah. into him because he was Superman. Superman, yeah, yeah. And that's where I sort of buy their romance. Um, mm. You know, like I mean, it's not as I said, as we said, this is like a fifties comic, but I, I thought, yeah. especially for the time, it was done very well. And uh, this could be translated pretty easily into modern sort of storytelling in comics. Um, yeah. But uh, my favourite part of the book <coughs> is this artwork of Krypton and space. Like, there's some really just imaginative things here. Like, mm. every... Like, even the start with the trees and the rocks, and then they get the stuff like Jewel Mountain, the Firefalls... Um, mm. The gold volcano. Yeah, the gold volcano. That's great. And it has that classic sort of, look, there's so much gold, it's not worth anything. Yeah, made me yeah. chuckle. Yeah, um, a- and the, the Rainbow Canyon, I thought was, <laughs> yeah. uh, I really liked that. Like, it's just this sort of weird alien world. Like, it just, yeah, it's just, it goes all out. It's great. I love it. Um, mm. He just, the artist just has a great time doing everything. He draws the faces, the expressions really well. Yep. Um, and story-wise, I think it's really good. I think they do time travel pretty well, actually. Mm-hmm. Unlike certain other things. Um, uh-huh. 
where everything is kind of you can't really change anything. It was very it was done, Yeah, it was subtly done, which I think was really good. Like he tried to, but he kind of realized after a, a bit that um, everything's kind all, of inevitable. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Like he can probably change small things on Krypton, like falling in love with Lila and stuff, because the planet's destined to blow up anyway, yeah. so it doesn't make a difference. But when he has, which I, I loved the intergalactic sniper rifle. Yeah, that um, was that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a bit of a Back to the Future as well. Yeah, <laughs> and there's just something like you can look at it and go, "Oh, that's so stupid," but I just find it charming that they're just like, "Hey, yeah, we want this to happen in the story." Yeah. So let's just give him an intergalactic sniper rifle because this is about the story and the characters and let's just put these wacky things in there to yeah. make it happen. I love that. Um, so he, he shoots this statue, but lightning strikes at the same time. At the same time, so yeah. inevitable. Yeah, so that that was a really nice way to show it. Um, and it was pretty funny seeing Jonathan punch out that... Um, <laughs> yeah, Biff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um yeah, no, it was, it was really good. Um, obviously, as well, for anyone who is reading this first time, not very um, experienced with Silver Age stuff, there is a lot of dialogue. Yeah, there is. Um, I uh, Usually it bugs me. I thought all the dialogue was generally pretty good, though. Oh, yeah. This, uh, yeah, um, me too, as well. I mean, when I first read Silver Age stuff, it was obviously it was a little different because you're used to modern day. But um, I'm quite used to Silver Age stuff, um, and if the writing is good, then it works. If it writing isn't good, then you know you've got a mountain ahead of you yeah. because you can see these bubbles, uh, the, the balloons everywhere, a gold mountain ahead of you. So, no, it was good. It was good that it, it, um, it flowed quite well. Yeah. I find a lot of the writing this and this is the characters expressing their emotions and inner thoughts. Mm. Um, while it's still you don't need that much writing for it, I think the no. prose is pretty decent. Mm. Yeah, um, and how many, thought, how many thought balloons are there? Like, you hardly see thought balloons these days. Yeah, and all Superman's thought balloons are like, man, I'm so miserable. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> yeah. in love, but everyone's going to die. Uh, and whereas usually in Silver Age comics, the, all the dialogue is devoted to, I'll use my X-ray vision to do X, X, X. Mm, yes. My powers work exactly like this, but in this, it's devoted to characterizations and emotion instead of mm-hmm. mindless exposition. Um also, yeah. I love Brainiac's cameo. Yeah. The in- intergalactic green space dick, like yeah, <laughs> just ruining everything for everyone. Um, Does he look the same? He looked different. Does, is that how he originally was? That's how he looked in his first appearance. He changed okay. after that because he even has his monkey there. Okay, because I remember we had looked at it. Um, I know he's different from what he is now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he. This is this just I love most of the mm-hmm. like all the art in this book I love. I could talk about it forever. Like ballroom, like yeah. the sky casino or whatever they all hang out at and they all have a toast like, Oh, we're all <laughs> gonna die tomorrow, but you know, love is great, stuff like that. Yeah. And I think yeah. they were pretty this is pretty cool stuff to put in like a comic that's mainly marketed to kids. You know? Yeah, this this would I don't know, yeah, you'd say this would be a bit above what you'd expect kids to read, really. This is dealing with, like, mortality and, you know, mm. is it better just to, like, love and be in this happy relationship than just live alone and stuff like that? And Yeah, because I would have imagined kids would probably want a bit more wham-bam, you know, yeah. fighting. But I think, you know, 
this is Jerry Siegel, I guess. He, mm. uh, and a lot of Superman writers in this time, like Alvin Schwartz, I've mentioned before, they took this very seriously. Yeah. Um, hell, Alvin Schwartz walked off the job. Uh, it was either in the 50s or 60s, I think he walked off Superman because they did a story where Superman gave its powers to Lois Lane, and he's like, no, Superman doesn't work like that. You can't do that. The character is, you know, and he walked off. And this is like in the Silver Age. Wow. Yeah, so, so some of these dudes took it seriously. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, definitely one of the funniest moments of Lucas with that, that pink unicorn thing just lights oh, the... Just, yeah, what was that thing? It was like uh, pink, I, th- I think it was just like hairless, one of the, like, you know, the big hairless yeah. cats. Um, uh, also as well, I just thinking back here, um, gotta love it, memory pillow. Oh yeah, Jarrell's pretty much like, "Hey, cheat at this exam, yeah, <laughs> and he can like just be my lab assistant because I think you're a pretty cool dude, and you look exactly like me." Yeah, and so Superman sleeps on his memory pillow, and it just speaks to him like while he sleeps to to yeah. give him like to to reinforce these equations and stuff in his head, um, and and he passes the exam. Yeah, which is um hilarious, I think. I also get a lot of Superman using his wits because obviously he has no powers. Hmm. Yep. This whole thing, um, and there's what was that? Um, I thought, yeah, him and the rocket, like it's silly, At the but end. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty creative way of getting him off Krypton, so he doesn't die there. Uh, I, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was funny, basically. Was, yeah, I mean, I thought it was funny, but I, I don't know, I just, I don't want to say clever. I just, just felt um, could have been a lot more. Boring. I don't know. Like, it kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, I liked it. Uh, it, it was, it was strange, for mm. sure. But I figure, I don't know, like, with these but stories, who, 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 I'm just like, hey, why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've learned to let it all go and stuff, but, um. <coughs> if this happened in a modern story, I'd be like, I mean, yeah. actually, that would still be better than what's coming out now. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just think fully functional rocket on the set of a, a film. Yeah, okay. I mean, but, Krypton. Uh, I guess Krypton's a future civilization, so having a fully functional rocket as a prop makes sense to me. But the thing that yeah. makes me laugh is the fact that this dude has enough lung power to make the rocket go into space. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, <laughs> and off it goes. And and it's not like um, it can be stopped as well once it starts. So, um, and, but like I laughed <laughs> at that. Then I felt really sad because like. That's the last time he sees Lila and mm. his parents. So she dies. I know, they're all decimated. Like, all... yeah. she'll blow up and she's not even going to be with him because he saw him fly off in a rocket. So they all die. Superman goes back to the present and he's like, man, that really sucked. But, <sighs> you know. I've got my friends. <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> got my friends and I need to be in Metropolis yeah. So yeah, yeah actually um, it says, but already it all seems like a strange, incredible dream. So he's already fobbing it off as like you know after all these intense feelings and this these moments he's had with his parents and and Lila, it's like ah oh, it's already kind of like a distant memory. I mean there was <laughs> there was a panel where he was sad and crying, but at, at the same time yeah uh, it is a bit t- abrupt. <laughs> Well, yeah, but at the same time as well, there's only like seven, seven panels to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. so they're like, oh, crap, we got to wrap this up. Just got to wrap um, it up, yeah. Otherwise, um, you'd, you'd just be pining the whole, you know, next two issues as well. Yeah. But, uh, like, this 
This is probably my favorite Silver Age story. Um, oh, really? Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm so surprised, but then I remember you, you chose this, of course. <laughs> so yeah, like this... Some significance, yeah. yeah. This is, like, this heartfelt story, but with, like, you know, plenty of that Silver Age silliness as well that makes it so fun to read. Mm. And it's this kind of weird, perfect storm. And if I was to give anyone a book from the Silver Age... I'd probably give them this book. I feel like it encapsulates his character, mm-hmm. who he is, the best. Um, and like, it's just, it's just sad, man. Like, I guess I'm, it's sad and it's just visually creative, wonderful, fun. I mean, mm-hmm. it's everything I want if I read a comic, like, or a story, even. Like, it's a good story. It's, it's a, yeah, it's just a well-written, well-drawn story. It's got everything. It's got drama, you know, some action, uh, crazy stuff, uh, yeah. sky hotels, um, <laughs> memory <laughs> pillows. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, like, I don't know, I just, I think Jerry Siegel hit it out the park with this yeah. one. Um, especially, like, I think it's really impressive for 1960, like, in terms mm. of the actual story itself and the stuff it deals with, the character of Superman having this turmoil... Mm. And people always say Superman's boring, and I'm like, man, this is 1960, and he had this, like, really big inner struggle, so... Um, Yeah, I'm I'm big on this. Was that one of the... Was that a pink beast? That's that's my ringtone, which is a pink beast. (laughs) Uh, No worries. Yeah, um... I can't deny what what you're saying, Connor, as well. I mean, for what it was back in the day as well, and it still holds up as yeah. a lot of good drama. And, and so, I've got to have to say though that it is it is an acquired taste, though. I mean, Silver like, Age. Yeah, I mean, if you aren't, oh, yeah. if you aren't inclined to this sort of art, uh, this sort of storytelling, then this is not going to be for you. But like, if 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 you do um, appreciate. You know that the story is uh, a good, solid story as well. Um, some good character moments um, and the art, you know, for for its time. Then this is quite a solid thing. I, I really, I enjoyed it as well. Mm. Um, for, for me, obviously, I mean, I read comics from different eras and stuff. Yeah. Um, Silver Age, I like. Um, it's not just not one of my favourite. You know, it's not like I read ninety percent of the time. Ninety yeah. percent of the time, I read modern day stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I really did enjoy it. Two things I wanted to say just before, um... Yeah, sure. Um, so is it a real, um, a real meta thing by having LL all the time? I mean, it seems to pop up. Um, yeah, Lyla, I... Is that just an in-joke for the writers? And, and, I think and the so. Characters of, yeah, yeah, the characters have caught on to it. And it's, um, it's like a part of his mythology now. And it's funny because... Yeah. Like Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, Lex, you know, yeah. Well, uh, cool. Could he be the final love? Oh, <laughs> you know? my, oh my lord! <laughs> um, but no. But I thought that was pretty. That is pretty funny. Like you know, having that little running thing and it not being really explained, but it's some otherworldly, you know, meta thing. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty funny. And what are your thoughts on? Is this a usual thing for Superman? At least I haven't come across it with. Um, I, I read a, a bit of uh, Namor, Submariner, Silver yeah. Age, um, but having this in three parts as a novel. Yeah, this is normal. They did that a lot. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. I, 
Yeah, I'm not sure exactly why. I'm sure some of our listeners would know why they did it in this format. Maybe they just wanted to tell their stories in three acts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure. But, like, yeah, uh, most Superman comics have this three-part story in the Silver Age. So. Yeah, right. But they're, okay. like... They're like as they're like twenty eight pages, so it's not like they're yeah, extra no, no, long. exactly, no, exactly. Um, but it just breaks it up a bit. I, I guess it's like three big acts, so um, and they do title each of them, so it, it kind of makes it sense, makes it a bit more bite size. Um, but yeah, uh, and sorry, just going back to so the art as well. I mean, we, we did talk about the funky designs, yeah. of space and stuff, but again, I, I'm just you know, leaning on if someone else isn't inclined to Silver Age, um, they might look a little bit retro, yeah. you know, like, like the spaceships and stuff and um, depictions of outer space and, and, and the planet. It's very um, uh, Flash Gordon. Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it, was, it was really enjoyable. Um, I found this uh, a quite an easy read, actually, so... Yeah, yeah, it, it was an easy read because uh, not mindless exposition. Um, <laughs> mm, mm. There was some... Obviously, but just yeah. less than normal, because, you know... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's, just, there's so many, like, nice little things, you know, like... The the wristbands that have their own unique mm. colour. Yeah, I did like that touch. That was good. That was yeah, cool. just just a lot of little things like that. It really feels like a... You know... Yeah. As I said, perfect storm for me. So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. If, if you're not in Silver Age, then it's going to be a rough acquired taste. But mm-hmm. if you're into Superman, I think mm-hmm. you'll like this. Yep. Even if you haven't read much Silver Age, if you're into Superman, I think, you know, especially for historic significance, where this mm. is a very early story where it shows his longing for Krypton and stuff, and it's like an early character study. Um, I think, uh, you'll like it. That's yep. obviously if you just read modern comics and are interested in Silver Age comics, you know, I don't know, probably, yeah, I'd say give it a go anyway, experience yeah. things, you know, um, yeah, if you exactly. don't like it, but whatever, but uh, it's it's a it's a good piece of history, mm-hmm. it's considered one of his great stories, so, um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, uh, Superman 232 and Superman The Greatest Stories Ever Told Volume 2 also collects this. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, and this is also, it's not a prelude, but for the man who has everything, uh, was, like, very inspired by this story. So they're a nice, okay. like, double package. Uh, I don't know, he's, I don't know if you're, because you've read it before, but it was a long time ago, but his imaginary wife, in For the Man Who Has Everything, is Lila Leral, uh, the actress. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and it's the same Superman as well, same continuity, so, yeah. yeah. It's uh makes it improves both stories, I think, reading both of these. Right. Um, if you can, you know, stomach the Silver Age stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also as well, I'm just I just had to look up now because I'm reading um a lot of uh, '60s Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I'm, I'm reading um in particular the issues 105. Up to 123, which which I think it says they came out in 1963. So it was only three years after um, this as well. Uh, a similar sort of, you know, um, writing, but I guess mm. with Marvel it's a little a little different. Um, uh, it's, it's hard to I guess explain. Yeah, there's, a lot of, well, there's a lot of drama and, and interrelation, you know. Um, in Spider Man, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, with Flash um, and Gwen and and all that. Um, 
Yeah, I I think DC was just different. Mm. Because I've read, you know, I've read Marvel from this era as well, and they were just... Mm. I don't want to say Marvel was ahead of its time, mm. but they did do... um. They did do more character... Um, oh God, I don't want to start anything here, but like... No, 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 of course uh, not. We're not, we're not, we're not, um... I mean... Doing any of that. That they did... Yeah, they were, they were... They didn't really have stories where Spider-Man would turn into, like, a lion or Batman was, like, a flying saucer or mm. something, you know? All of their stories were pretty grounded mm, in their yeah, universe, yeah, whereas yeah. DC was just kind of going mental. Um, and neither thing is bad. No, no, neither, no, totally. You know, they were just, they were different at the time. Um, yeah. And, and maybe it comes down to the Marvel method as well, I don't know, of, of the writing. Mm. Uh, that may have informed how things kind of were put together, um, because a lot of them, uh, I mean, the ones I'm reading now, Stan Lee, obviously, he wrote them. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you got the artist to do most of it, then he yeah, that, in that's right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's a method. Like the artist does oh, it all, right. And he, yeah, and then and then he fills in the text afterwards, like yeah. coming up. Yeah. So it's a, a very different thing. I guess you get very different results from it. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I feel like Jerry Siegel wrote this and yeah. Wayne yeah. Waring drew it, as opposed to vice versa. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The the sixty spirons are my favorite runs. So, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, this is definitely my favourite Silver Age issue, even including the Marvel stuff, which has some really good mm. stuff in there. But yeah. Um, yeah, different though. So yeah, can't wait. Um, so just before we do ratings and stuff, next week will be our uh, next episode will be for the man who has everything because this is mm. the double feature after all. So we'll be following up on the themes from this story, <laughs> uh, taken to more despairing. <laughs> Uh, than before. We get quite a cranky <laughs> Superman. Um, but, yeah, so... Do you have any final thoughts on this issue, Ray? Uh, no, it was just that. Um, no, no, just the the um, the double L. Uh, no, no, yeah, just a really, really fun... Um, and there is something very charming about the the depiction of... Uh, and, I, and I love Superman in Cosmic um, mm. Adventures, and, and this was right in there. Yeah, but it was really charming to see the depiction of uh, of space and and Krypton as done in the sixties. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I think it's the most one of the most visually interesting Kryptons. Um, mm. It's craziness. But uh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I guess uh, yeah. As I said, I love this story. Uh, mm-hmm. it has everything for me. It has the Silver Age stuff that I like. It has uh, good character stuff, you know, tragedy, drama, romance, uh, mm-hmm. you know, self-realizations, all that, all that stuff, which I feel like um, was really done well for its time as well. So, uh, yeah, and a, a good, some good introductions to the Superman mythos as well, uh, like Lila Leral and stuff. So, yeah, good book. Nothing I haven't really said already. So, mm-hmm. shall we get to the ratings? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... I'm rating this on Silver Age scale. Mm-hmm. So I'm not rating it by, like, sort of modern... I'm not comparing it to, like, modern comics. Not that I think it's any worse or better than modern comics. It's just a different time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use a different template. Um, 
for you listeners who are, you know, analysing my ratings of various comics. Um, so I will give this... Um, Silver Age, objectively, I'll give it a 9.5. But for me, my enjoyment, my love of this comic, I'm just going to whack a big 10 of approval wow. on this story. I loved it. I love everything about it. <laughs> I There's nothing in it that annoys me enough to take any points away from it. So, yeah, nice. that's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my top, probably my top 10 Superman stories. Um, oh wow! I'd have to I'd have to think though, but um, yeah, it, it yeah. would be up there. Okay, wow, no pressure, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, yeah, I I enjoyed this as well. Um, Silver Age, uh, different quality, good writing, um, just just weirdness. Um, I'll I'll have to be a little bit tamer than Connor. <laughs> <laughs> not a ten. No, not a ten. Um, I'd give it a good solid, I'd say, um, seven and a half. I think, uh, I think it, uh, it was an enjoyable, um, something that I, you know, especially since it connects to the man who has everything, Connor, might be something mm. that I would be going back to and having a reread. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, w- it was, uh, it was good. I can't, I can't really fault it. It, 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 um, it ticked all the boxes of what it, what it said on the tin, really. So, yeah. uh, yeah, so very happy with it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. You should read it because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good. Um, if you really don't want to, <laughs> fine. I won't make you. I can't. But, yeah, good oh, times. I'm sorry, Connor. Can I also just incidentally just have a little look up? The the issues of Amazing Spider-Man that I was talking about, Yeah. Um, tell a little fib, uh, wasn't even in the 60s. So we're talking like more bronze age Okay. Uh, 19, 1972 was when Amazing Spider-Man 105 came out. So uh, that was just playing on my mind because um, I was recalling that whilst we were reviewing this and I'm comparing the styles and I was wondering why it was so different and it's because it's about 12 years apart. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and comic readers will know um, styles, writing, art changes dramatically, you know, in, in ten years or so, so very. Um, so you're talking about a different a different ballpark altogether um, with seventies comics as opposed to nineteen sixty comic. Um, yeah. So anyway, just wanted to say that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> it was it was good to come back to the Silver Age. We haven't done it since the yeah Brainiac episode, and I believe we weren't actually we just read. A Silver Age, a couple of Silver Age stories and prep for that episode. We didn't actually cover any. No. So, um, this was better than those, as much as I love, you know, yeah, Brainiac and his monkey and Superman jumping out of the plane in space. Uh, or Clark Kent, <laughs> I should say. Um, so, yeah, guys, uh, as always, feedback is welcome and we are still taking requests. It is mm-hmm. just that they will be after our plans and after our current requests and our plans to cover Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. So it may be a long time until we get to those requests, but we're still going to take them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Please keep them coming. Yeah. So uh, next time is For the Man Who Has Everything, uh, which is 
my second favourite Superman story of all time. <laughs> so there will be lots of talking there, that's for sure. Um, and it's Alan Moore as well, who Ray hates. So that'll. <laughs> that, I don't hate. I just, no, you, you uh, don't. Yeah. I was just, I was just teasing you. Um, but uh, that that'll be interesting too. Um, and. Yeah, it, it'll be another bronze, another bronze age story. Which we, I'm looking through episodes. We haven't done any. This is our first Silver Age episode. Mm. We've done one Golden Age episode, but we've done. Is, a, that, is there a Golden Age? The only one that we've done the um, action, action one. Yeah, really. We've done a lot of uh, Bronze Age episodes though. Yeah, which I like because Bronze Age is cool. Oh, I so, love yeah, I love Bronze, bronze Age stuff. Yeah, yeah, socially conscious space Superman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Until next time, everyone chill out, have happy vibes, enjoy your new year, and, uh, yeah, think of Krypton past and weep, my friend, <laughs> for our planet is lost. <laughs> <laughs> Boo-hoo, yes, uh, everything quite <laughs> said, and I uh, look forward to catching you guys in our next episode coming. All right, see you. Catch you later. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least... Thank you everyone for listening.